Bye. Let's go again right away. Pandemic podcast. The pandemic podcast. You want to hear more? Pandemic podcast. I'm all alone in my house in my closet. I think that should just be our intro. I really do. Okay. Dear listener, this journal belongs to all of us. I'm Lucas Verbrugge. And I'm Quinn Van Antwerp. We are living in a very odd part of history, in the middle of a story we don't yet know the ending to. We are navigating a landscape that is constantly shifting by the day, by the hour. We are socially distanced from our family, our friends, our jobs, our routines. And we don't know yet when we will return to normal or even what that normal will look like. I live in L.A., and a few weeks ago, my cousin and co-host Quinn, who is out in New York, suggested that our family keep a collective journal so that we would have a record of this moment in our history from our different locations throughout the country. Some really interesting and unexpected writing has come out of that so far. So we decided to expand that idea to our larger community. So each episode of this podcast will be a stranger reading another stranger's journal entry. Okay. If this sounds terrifying or too personal, we get it. Who in their right mind would let someone read their journal? But isn't that what makes it exciting? These are COVID stories. These are love stories. And these are the stories of the glory of boredom. This is our time capsule. April 1st, 2020. Jersey City, New Jersey. April Fools is canceled this year. No one could come up with anything more absurd or unbelievable than what is actually happening. I haven't written because I haven't known what to say. And honestly, my attention seemed better spent on things that could help our first friend to be hit hard by this virus. Tests came back negative today, although the doctor's ordering new tests because he doesn't believe this could be anything else. He is in the ICU. He is on a ventilator. He is in a coma. Two days ago, a hospital ship pulled into New York Harbor. It is equipped to serve up to 1,000 people for non-COVID-related illnesses to free up the hospitals to fight the disease. Hundreds of people lined up the Hudson River to take photos of it. It was infuriating. Just all these people and their kids huddled together like in Times Square taking photos of a ship that is there to take you when you get sick from getting too close to other people. It does seem as though we're living in another universe. And ever since November 2016, I have had this overwhelming feeling of living in another world. A world that is like the old one, but that has enough changes in it new universal laws that it makes me feel like I'm in a movie or a dream. All of our heroes turned out to be bad guys. We ripped them down one by one. We elected a TV personality to run the biggest country in the world, and still many people believe it is the right thing to do. My father is so in love with Donald Trump, he should probably propose to him. Natural disasters hit over and over again these days. We are now locked in our apartments for no one knows how long, waiting for an invisible enemy to be defeated as the stock market plunges and people fistfight over toilet paper at Costco. Broadway is canceled. NBA canceled. NHL canceled. Hollywood is canceled. And just a few days ago, after 20 years, Tom 
Brady friggin' left the Patriots for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on St. Patrick's Day. What the fuck? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What insane world is this? My neighbors are singing happy birthday next door. They invited a bunch of people over for a birthday brunch for another one of our neighbors. I'm just so confused by it all. People are going about their lives. The couple hosting the party are two lovely older men, one of whom has been in bad health all year. No one seems to think this is unwise. And although I get the feeling of needing community and trying to get through this together, I can't help but feel like this is the theme of this new world. Not that we disagree about how we feel about the facts, but that we don't even have the same facts to argue about. Are we being too careful, isolating too much? Should we be over there celebrating? Or are they endangering those two men by having a birthday party after being out and about? It's just so hard to know at this point. Last night, the two of us got drunk. We drank and played cards and talked about religion and philosophy and what the difference is between New Age spirituality and old religion. Is there one? And doesn't every generation think they know? Hasn't every generation thought they tuned into the real reason for being? The true way to live, the God to send their prayers to? Allah, Jesus, Yahweh, the universe. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. My higher self? It was really fun to be together. And really nice to be drunk together. And talk about something else besides how scared we are. We are scared. New York City is outside our window. That's the epicenter. The other epicenter is Jersey City. That's where our window is. I wrote this in my drunken summation of the night's philosophy. Quote, Maybe every person writes their version of God while he, she is alive and swears God is good, swears the universe is kind, swears the quiet inner voice is right. All swear to the glory of the righteous one, to the power of the universe, to the infallible power of the self. We cannot in sound mind believe our own convictions. The power we have is to look to the heavens for the answers, but also to see the history of our own folly and assume we will befall the same fate, but have faith in the fact that we search, even with our limited resource, the resource of only the knowledge we have now. That is all anyone ever had. Unquote. Thought it was cute. Might delete later. March 17th, 2020, Los Angeles County. I saw a stranger's birthday today. My partner and I take daily walks around the neighborhood and occasionally we will get in the car and take a drive to a different part of town, strap on our masks and wander. Today we came upon a celebration. Two separate families, obviously related, stood in the middle of the street outside of a modest ranch home in a suburb of Los Angeles County. They were a beautiful mixed-race family, and the five teenagers were in varying ages between 12 and 18, I would guess. They held two signs, crudely drawn with markers, on poster board, wishing Grandpa a happy birthday. A young boy held a cake with candles. 
The grandpa in question stood at the end of his driveway, mask around his neck, and smiled meekly. He outstretched his arms and started towards one of the children. One of the moms said, No, Dad. He dropped his arms and retreated. They began to sing happy birthday. It was not a robust singing, a joyful singing. These were not smiling faces singing the song. It was achingly sad. They barely could get their voices above a whisper and finished without a flourish. No applause, just silence. We love you, Dad, and we miss you. Miss you too, he croaked out. And that's when the tears started. My partner and I quickly put our heads down, getting away as fast as we could, feeling like we had interrupted a moment that this family would not soon forget. When we had walked about 20 feet or so, I turned around to see the families getting into their separate cars, with one of the older girls wiping away tears behind a pair of fashionable sunglasses. Then the tears came for me. My father's birthday is in June, and we will most certainly be celebrating on Zoom. He suffers from emphysema, having spent 20 years of his life as a pack-a-day smoker, a habit he picked up in the rice paddies of Vietnam. If he got this thing, there is no way he would survive. I think about his potential death every day, how I would have to process it without seeing him, without saying goodbye, without a funeral. How would I cope? How do any of us cope? We just do. I don't know how. We cope because we have to, I guess. And should the worst come true, I would handle it. I won't be able to see my father in person anytime soon as he lives 2,000 miles away, but was hoping to catch him sometime this summer, maybe take in a ball game and eat some fried clams by the ocean. That won't be possible. So, when his birthday comes, I'll do what the family I witnessed today did. Cope. We would like to thank Graham Outerbridge and Candy Boyd for making this first episode possible. We'll be back each week with stories to share. If you want to hear more, please subscribe. If you would like to contribute your anonymous journal, please email it to pandemicpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Uh, clap in. One, two, three. Oh, boy. <laughs>